On today's Film & Whiskey, we return to our How to Cocktail series as we partner with the Whiskey Smith Company, who's made three unique cocktails just for our show to pair with your favorite Valentine's movie. Come along with us as we journey through Whiskey Smith's pineapple, chocolate, and banana-flavored whiskeys. That's all ahead on Film & Whiskey. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. We are back with another special bonus episode. Bonus episode. And as you can hear, following the sultry sound of his voice already, we have the return of our co-host today, Brad G. He has been off in parent land, getting used to having a new baby. Bob, you might as well just call it paradise. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's, it's pretty awesome, man. How's everything going on your end, dude? Dude, it's wonderful. Uh, our child has been chill. She is, I think, just hit 10 weeks, and she is already sleeping eight to nine hours a night. So I don't know what it is about Haley and I's like gene pool combination, but I think we hit the nail on the head. I'll tell you what, when you start going through the sleep regression, I'm going to just play this clip back for you and say that you totally asked for it. I 100% did, but in the end, man, I am just, I'm loving it. Haley's loving it. We're uh, loving being parents. So for those of you who maybe haven't caught up with us in a while, we are in between seasons three and four. We took a month off from producing our regularly, you know, scheduled Monday movie related episodes. And we're filling the month of February with some great interviews. We had an interview with Jackie Zykin, the master taster at Old Forester. We talked with Kate Douglas, the master distiller at Old Elk. And today... We are returning to the Old Elk portfolio. We are looking at a new line of whiskeys that is coming out from the Old Elk distillery that is called Whiskey Smith. And Brad, this is this is something exciting for us because we don't typically delve into the world of flavored whiskeys. And yet, I have to say, I have tried all of the whiskeys that we're going to have today and they are absolutely delicious. Come on, brother. These things are really really spectacular. I have uh they literally are still chilled from the FedEx truck that just dropped them off at my house. So they are at like a perfect Ohio 20-something degree weather. And I, I will tell you what, Bob, they are delicious. Well, Brad, in addition to your return, which is a momentous occasion in itself, we have something else coming up this weekend, and that is Valentine's Day. Yeah, we do. Do you have any big plans for Valentine's Day? Uh, we're going to hang out. The Actually, I think my parents are going to watch the baby for a little bit and we're going to go have a hot date at 1808 Fine American Bistro. Hey, there you go. Well, in addition to that, Brad, we are going to be making some cocktails today. So maybe you can learn uh, one or two cocktails that Haley might like. And it's not just us today. We're actually joined by a special guest. Brad, why don't you introduce our guest? Bob, today we are talking to Mel Maddox. She is the National Beverage Director for Old Elk Distillery and Whiskey Smith. She is coming at us today with some amazing cocktail recipes that she came up with just for our show. Mel, how are you doing today? Hi, Brad. Hi, Bob. I am doing great. Thanks for asking. I'm here in uh, sunny Fort Collins, Colorado. So uh, we're just gearing up for our Valentine's Day weekend here at the distillery in our tasting room. And I'm excited to be on your show with you guys. 
We're excited to have you. I have to say, you know, Brad and I, we've only done a few cocktail-based episodes up to this point. We're typically sipping on whiskey neat. And I'm I'm so excited to have you bring your drink-making abilities, your bartending skills here to the show today, because I think Brad and I might offer some tasting notes on each of these flavored whiskeys just as they come out of the glass, if you were going to drink them neat. And, and the great thing about them is that I actually do think they stand up really, really well to drinking neat. We would love to hear what you guys think about them. Um, that was totally the intent with this whiskey. We wanted to make sure that the whiskey was what you tasted first, and then the flavor after um, so we're going to feature, uh, the Whiskey Smith banana, our Whiskey Smith pineapple and our Whiskey Smith chocolate today. And I think that, um, you're going to find that they kind of run the gamut of tropical to fruity to decadent. And it's really appropriate for holiday cocktails, uh, Valentine's day. Maybe you can mix these up for your significant others over the weekend. Now, Bob, I, I do want to address something here from the very start. Because there are a lot of whiskey snobs out there, and you and I are not them at all. We're not whiskey snobs. We, we love our BTAC type whiskey. But in the end, a lot of people would come to a flavored whiskey and go, well, <laughs> that is not whiskey. Yeah, you put flavored things in it, so that's unacceptable. And I'm here to tell you to just take it out of wherever you're putting it, because this stuff is delicious. And yes, it has a little bit of flavor in it. And Bob, I think you can agree with me. It adds so much to this whiskey that I, I'm just really excited to get into it. Well, one thing that I really love about it, Brad, is that it is still, you know, it still has a little bit of bite to it. These are all coming in at 60 proof, which I mean, it's just a step down from, you know, being called a, a bourbon or a whiskey that you would pick up off the shelf at a liquor store. And so I love that this isn't a really low proof beverage. And I think that is why these stand up so well in the glass. But Brad, I feel like we've been talking around these whiskeys for so long. It's time for us to kind of dive into them. And it wouldn't be the Film and Whiskey podcast if we didn't come up with a cool gimmick to get movies in here somehow. We actually heard from Whiskey Smith who said, let's do a Valentine's Day episode and, and let's pair some movies with some potential cocktails that we might make. So Mel has three cocktails on deck for us, and they are all going to be themed around some of our favorite Valentine's Day movies. Now, Brad, if you were going to sit down and watch a movie, with your significant other. Are you going the tearjerker route? Are you going the comedy route? What what kind of movie would you guys watch as you snuggle up on Valentine's Day? Uh, we're a big like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Braveheart, Die Hard kind of a family. So, you know, your your typical romance film, right? Oh, 100%, yeah, man. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's Yes, it has its it has its sexy moments, right? It's it we'll we'll go with that. Sure, dude. Vigo Mortensen has never looked better. That's this is true. Mel, how about you? If you're going to sit down and watch a Valentine's movie, what what kind of movie are you gravitating towards? Uh, I'm an '80s baby, so anything anything that sort of runs that like genre of action mixed with like the hero coming in and sweeping the girl off her feet, and then they conquer the world together. So. True, True Romance is one of my favorite oh, uh, nice. romantic movies. So, you know, it's got enough action in it. Plus, you know, everybody, everybody kind of dies in the end. <laughs> right. So a little melodramatic. And, uh, yeah, I like to cry, laugh, and, and uh, you know, feel like I could have lived that experience if I, was, if I was them. Like any good Valentine's Day, everyone dies in the end. <laughs> it's, it's Shakespearean. That's what we're going to say about it. It's Shakespearean. <laughs> 
Well, we have selected three movies that we think really kind of exemplify the Valentine's movie. We're going to talk about one comedy, we're going to talk about one tearjerker, and one movie that really fits the the classic film archetype and the sort of thrilling intrigue sort of archetype. And the first one we're going to talk about today, Brad, is one that we did on our show in season two, one that neither of us had seen before we watched it for the show, and that is the 1989 comedy classic, When Harry Met Sally. Bob, when we jumped into when when Harry met Sally, I I was prepared to be underwhelmed, right? Because it's one of those movies that you've heard about. I've seen way back in the day. I saw it on the shelves at Blockbuster, and so when you put it on the schedule, I was kind of like, really, like we're gonna watch this? And I I think we both gave it a ten out of ten, if not that, at least a nine to a nine and a half out of ten. I've watched it again since with a few different friend groups, and everybody I have ever watched it with is just blown away by how stinking funny this movie is. Yeah, it's, I mean, it really is the perfect amount of comedy to, you know, kind of heartbreaking, sad scenes to the romance aspect. And I think the thing that we didn't realize about it, Brad, when we first recorded that episode was how well it was going to hold up on repeated viewings. And by the time we got around to our bracket challenge at the end of that season, I think that movie came in second place uh, for season two because we just couldn't think of a movie, you know, until the very end that we thought was worthy of, of beating it. It just continues to hold up time after time after time. Mel, as an 80s baby... Uh, are you familiar with When Harry Met Sally? I am, and I think that it's just the cutest. Honestly, like, Meg Ryan is at her cutest point in her career, and I think that a lot of people and a lot of women can relate to the the story, and a lot of guys can. Um, it's, it's a funny movie. I got to get your opinion, because we talked about this during the episode, uh, but Billy Crystal sex symbol was something that we were not prepared for in the course of that movie. So does he win you over in that movie? Do you find Billy Crystal an attractive man in that film? By the end of it, yes. Uh, okay. In the beginning, no. In the beginning, Meg Ryan is out of out of his league. For sure. Well, also, at the beginning, they're trying to make him look like he's 21, 22, and he still looks like he's in his thir- mid-30s. <laughs> so, so they don't do him any favors there. Well, Mel, you reached out to us with an idea for a cocktail to pair with When Harry Met Sally, and I absolutely cannot wait. So as you introduce the cocktail, why don't you tell us which Whiskey Smith flavor we're going to be working with here? Sure. Uh, So we're going to be working with the Whiskey Smith chocolate flavored whiskey. And I chose this for When Harry Met Sally because chocolate is a comfort food. Um, It also can be an aphrodisiac, and it's often um, can be enjoyed in a diner. So... I wanted to make a chocolate milkshake using the Whiskey Smith chocolate lineup, Um, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have fun with this one. Do you want me to go ahead and start making it or talk through what the recipe is? Well, let's do both. But before you get there, I actually see Brad sipping on his chocolate over there right now. So, Brad, what are your initial impressions of this Whiskey Smith chocolate? You know, Bob, as I jump into this chocolate, it has a nice little note of bitterness at the front that I want to see when I'm having anything chocolate flavored, right? It's not going to just jump in with a sweetness. I I think one of the big mistakes that people can make when they flavor something chocolate is to just throw in with the sweet side of things. You got to have a little bit of that dark chocolate note to really win me over. And I think that's something that Whiskey Smith is doing beautifully here. 
Yeah, I totally agree. When you look at the three bottles next to each other, the chocolate flavored one is so much darker than the other two. And you can tell that there really is some of that kind of natural chocolate flavoring going on in here. I really, really loved it, Brad. It does bring the sweetness towards the back of the palate. And that's what you want. I mean, like you said, it has those great dark chocolate, almost kind of coffee notes to it as well. Uh, and I think that it doesn't just taste like a bland milk chocolate all the way through. There's some great dark chocolate notes going on here. Uh, so, Mel, I cannot wait to see how we use this in this chocolate milkshake. Well, I'm super happy to hear that you guys are picking up on those dark chocolate cacao notes, because that's definitely what we were going for. And with the Whiskey Smith um, portfolio, there is natural flavors as well as, you know, the added flavors. So uh, we did. We kind of did a little bit of back and forth. Do we want this Hershey sweetness? Do we want that cacao? Um, and I think that moving more towards the dusty, dark, bitter chocolate flavors is, you know, going to hit the right palate for people who are whiskey drinkers typically, but do maybe want to explore something in the flavor, flavor world. Um, and our milkshake that we're going to make today is going to be double chocolate because we're going to be using the Whiskey Smith chocolate whiskey. So we're going to do um, two ounces of that. And then we're going to be doing a couple hefty spoonfuls of uh, chocolate ice cream. So I chose a really, chose a really dark chocolate. Um, ice cream because I want it to just be decadent and comforting at the same time. And I'm going to go with, if you had a pint, I'd say almost a half a pint of chocolate ice cream. It's kind of a lot, but if you're, uh, if you're sitting down on the couch watching your movie, um, I don't know about you, but I can totally eat a whole pint of ice cream. So oh, absolutely. it's another way to enjoy it with your, with a added bonus of having whiskey in there. And so I'm going to put this in a blender and then I'm going to do two ounces of that chocolate whiskey, like I said, and we're just going to add it right to the blender. So it's going to get a little loud for a second when I go to blend this. I'm not adding any ice and I'm also going to add a touch of cream. And if you don't want to go quite as rich uh, with cream, you can totally do milk. You just want to make sure that you're not adding a whole lot. So for the cream part, I'm going to do an ounce of it. Listen, I made this cocktail earlier. And I said, forget it. And I just did a full ounce of half and half in there. Yeah, you did. I wanted this thing to just be as full fat as possible. And it was super decadent. I, Brad, I can't wait for you to make this cocktail for Haley after you sign off of here tonight. It's so, so good, man. Bob, I, I love your enthusiasm for life, but I want to be doing this podcast with you for a while. Uh, so if you could hold back on the heavy whipping creams and things like that, I would love for your <laughs> arteries to survive to at least 60. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Carrie, in all fairness, the whiskey is going to cut through some of that uh, extra fat in there. So, Boom. Mel, Mel bringing her food science background to bear. I didn't know that whiskey unclogged arteries. I love it. <laughs> if you drink enough of it. <laughs> Um, you can't see this, but I'm going to get a little fancy for you guys because that's what I do. And as I said, we wanted to go chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. So I'm taking some chocolate syrup and I'm going to just swirl it around my glass. And this is a nice touch for uh, adding that extra little Valentine's love to the cocktail when you're making it for your loved one. I was going to say, you don't become national beverage director if you don't learn a little fancy here and there. doesn't hurt. And you know, it's, you know, you know, it's not too fancy. You're just using a little chocolate out of your fridge and... Yeah. Adding a little nice touch for whoever the love is. Uh, we are going to put some whipped cream because we're in a diner watching this. And you also, you said you put 
the extra fat cream in there. So I went ahead and made mine with extra fat cream. Yeah, you did. You can probably see how like thick. Oh, yeah. Come on. Mm -hmm. You could also, if you have some uh, chocolate chips or some fresh fruit, you can put that on top there. And you guys can't see me, but I am getting ready to taste my first sip of this. And I can smell it. The chocolate <laughs> on it looks like that is awesome. The thing about this one, Mel, that my, my first note that I took is that this is incredibly dangerous. This might be the most dangerous of the three because the, the alcohol is real subtle underneath all that cream and ice cream and chocolate. And so with two ounces of this in there, I drank this faster than I probably should have. And I, I was feeling real nice afterwards. I don't know if I could have done more than one of these. It was delicious, though. Yeah, it's decadent for sure. And that gets dangerous because Bob turns into a woo girl and uh, we don't need to see that. turn into a woo girl. That's true. Um, you know, the Whiskey Smith uh, flavored whiskeys, I, I will say that, um, you know, you said some people might be like a little reluctant to try it because they are, you know, more of a hardcore whiskey drinker. They don't want any extra flavors, that kind of thing in it. But uh, when you have somebody in your life who maybe isn't as excited about whiskey as you, the flavored whiskey, you know, is a way to sort of be like a gateway to that. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, if you one day envision yourself sitting there drinking, you know, 100 proof single barrel cast drink uh, bourbon or rye or something and, you know, the partner in your life is not into that. This is a great way to do that together, but not be over the top. And you can get a little woo girl, as you said. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you. I've had a few friends who are not whiskey drinkers at all. I'll make them just a simple whiskey sour. And all of a sudden they're like, man, I, I didn't realize whiskey could be good. I'm like, you don't even know what you're missing out on. The whiskey sour <laughs> is one of my favorite cocktails. It really does like add a velvet texture and citrusy, but the whiskey backbone still comes through. Absolutely. So Mel, what are we calling this uh, milkshake cocktail? Uh, we are calling this all have what she's having. Love it. I love it. <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> lines in movie history. Yeah, this, this movie is full of great lines. I mean, you know. Her name is Kimberly. I, I really identified with that scene as a, a scorned lover in the past, you know. <laughs> he didn't want to marry me, but he married her. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we're off to a strong start here. And Brad, you know, we're going to do something near and dear to my heart now. And we're going to move into talking about a classic romance movie and one that I think kind of also checks the box uh, for your more intrigue heavy Valentine's film. And that is our season one, my, one of my favorite films, Casablanca. Now, Bob, I, I'm, I'm just going to say right now, right here and right now, I don't know what movie you're talking about. I, I seem to have a vague memory of a movie being thrown into the fiery pit by that name. But yeah. uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be of any help here. I can see Mel's confused face right now. So so what we do at the end of every season is we take the 32 movies that we've talked about that season and we put them in a March Madness style bracket. Nice. And our criteria is that any movie that gets, you know, knocked out of the bracket is has gone into the fiery pit of doom and is never to be seen again. And so uh, Brad has constantly given me crap for the last two years because I keep trying to bring up Casablanca. But to him, Casablanca is dead. It's not, I've never heard of it. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe Mel can help fill you in on Casablanca then. Yeah. Maybe if we like have a cocktail with this movie, you'll feel, you'll feel differently. Absolutely. Mel, have you seen Casablanca before? I have. It was, uh, I, I watched it way back in the day for, um, college English. And of course, uh, did some refreshing for 
our show today. But um, yeah, it's uh, it gets you in the heart a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I love about it, too, is that, you know, I think a lot of people know it as this classic romance movie, but there's so much more going on in the background. You know, you've you've got this uh, World War Two French uh, Morocco setting where there's tons of intrigue and people are killing each other, trying to get out and get to a better life. And behind that whole backdrop, you have this story of Rick and Ilsa. And it is it's truly a great romance. And one of the things that I love uh, about how high class their romance is, is they're constantly drinking these champagne cocktails throughout the movie. And I, I picked up on that when I saw what you wanted to do with the cocktail for Casablanca. So why don't you walk us through that one? Absolutely. Um, so we're going to make a sparkling champagne cocktail with the Whiskey Smith pineapple whiskey. Um, I thought that was appropriate, as you said, to like the Moroccan theme. It's like there's like this getaway, but at the same time, you've got all this wartime stuff happening and drama. Uh, and then we're going to do a little splash of orange juice and some raspberries. And uh, we're going to celebrate with the Let's Here's Looking at You Kid is the, is the name of this one. Oh, love it. Yeah. Brad, I see you over there nosing the Whiskey Smith pineapple. What are you thinking about this one? I think the beautiful thing about this pineapple is it's honestly somewhat similar to the chocolate in that when I think about pineapple, I, I think immediately of that like beautiful sweetness that it adds to you know, if you're eating it plain, if you're having it in a dish, like there's something about pineapple that adds this beautiful sweetness. But once again, on the front edge of this, there's just a tiny bit of tartness mm -hmm. that reminds me that this isn't, I'm not just drinking some pineapple juice. Like this is something that bites a little bit and it punches right through into that sweet pineapple-y profile that doesn't overwhelm what you experienced at the start. I, I really love this stuff. Yeah, I totally agree, Brad. This is the one that I think I was most worried was going to be like sickly sweet, overly like treacly kind of sweet, because, I, you know, when I have encountered pineapple flavored things in the past, I think that's kind of the route they go. They know that that pineapple sweetens things. And so they lean into the syrupy side, whereas this one almost had like a little bit of a bitter citrus kind of thing going on in the front of my palate as well, almost like a grapefruity kind of thing. And I really, really liked that. I think this would go fantastic in the kind of drink that we're making today, something that's a little more tropical themed because it isn't overly sweet. And so, uh, yeah, Mel, let's take it away with this. Here's looking at you, kid. I love the descriptions again, guys. It's exactly what we were going for. So I'm going to do an ounce and a half of our pineapple whiskey for this. And that's going to go into the glass first. And I don't know if you can hear that lovely gurgling noise, but that's me pouring into our jigger. That's what we live for right there. <laughs> and um, this is a really simple cocktail to make. Uh, you can adjust the um, whiskey amount. If you just want to have like a hint of that pineapple, you can add more if you want it to be a little boozier or if you, if you want to get more of the pineapple flavor in there. And then I'm going to top this off with, I chose a sparkling Prosecco. It's a little bit on the drier side. And uh, I went with one that is also a rosé blend. Did not make the pop I wanted it to make. I'm sorry. That's okay. We heard the we heard the fizz. <laughs> and then I'm gonna do um, a half ounce of orange juice. Uh, you could also just do like a you know a little splash fresh orange. This is totally a brunch cocktail, or uh, you know an afternoon delight cocktail. And I I feel like in the theme of tear jerkers, it's appropriate because brunch to me is like girl power, girl gang power. Um, and it always sort of starts off festive and then <laughs> end with uh, with a lot of tears. 
So it's it's a fun drink for me to make. And what are we garnishing with here? We are doing fresh raspberries, complement the pineapple flavors. So you're just going to get like that tart, uh, juicy ripeness from the raspberry. It also looks really pretty with the color of the pineapple whiskey um, and the Prosecco because it's kind of got this like nice orange uh, amber hue to it. As Mel takes a sip, I just want to say, first of all, we're going to post the recipes for all of these cocktails in the show notes. They're going to be on all of our social media. We're sh- we'll share pictures as well. Uh, but I do want to say again, Mel, you have given us something very dangerous here because as as if mimosas weren't dangerous enough on their own, it's like, hey, why don't we add pineapple flavored whiskey into this thing? So I just feel like you are you're just like up in the ante. You're like boosting, like hitting the nitrous on this thing. I want it to be something that everybody feels like they can drink. So um, I've been in the business for a long time and there's something called a manmosa where um, they add vodka to a mimosa. Oh, nice. so it's kind of riffing on that. And it's also, um, I don't know, I like to kind of mess around with like gender stereotypes when it comes to drinks. So like if I can Absolutely. make a guy a pink drink uh, or add an element of fruitiness to it and I, he's going to maybe initially not want that, but then once he tastes it, he's going to be blown away. I think that's that's what this does. I mean, that's that's something that we talk about all the time here on this podcast is like you need to drink whiskey the way that you like to drink whiskey. If that's in a cocktail, do it like it, you don't have to drink whiskey at room temperature. Neat. I mean, and, and we talk all the time, Brad and I, about other spirits that we have been getting into. You know, the other night I made a whole bunch of Cosmos and they were fantastic. Like you have to drink things that make you feel good and things that you enjoy drinking. And I have to say on, on the sort of lighter end of the spectrum in terms of cocktails, this is bubbly. It's fizzy. You feel like you can sip on it, but you also feel like you could have, you know, more than one of them as well. It's a really light, easy cocktail to drink. Well, and I was going to say, I personally don't care for the dry sparkling wine, like a champagne or Prosecco all the time. And so mimosas aren't always my biggest, you know, deal. However, I can easily see myself drinking something like this because the pineapple brings in just enough extra flavor. You throw a few raspberries in there. I could imagine myself getting some of that raspberry juice in there as well to kind of flavor it up a little bit. I would drink this any day of the week. You could totally muddle some raspberries and get that, get the juice in there as well. You know, we are doing, we're drinking this out of a coupe as well because um, Casablanca, they're all, it's always out of a coupe with the appropriate glassware. So if you're going to watch and drink, that is the glass to, to have. We, when we first started doing these cocktail episodes, I, I like drove to Crate and Barrel to pick up some coupe glasses because I was like, I'm not going to drink all of our cocktails out of cheap champagne flutes. I, I just love the versatility of the coupe glass. Like if you, if you have a coupe or if you have a Nick and Nora glass, you can make pretty much any cocktail in those. And I think they look so good in those glasses as well. It's just a beautiful, you know, piece of drinkware. Yeah, it adds it adds that extra touch to it. Yeah, presentation is such a huge part of it. Well, hey guys, how about we jump into our third whiskey here, which I believe is the banana flavored one. Mel, what do you have for us uh, with this cocktail? Well, the banana whiskey definitely uh, walks the line of being more fruity than the uh, the other two. And so I lean towards like tiki style cocktails when I'm mixing with the banana whiskey um, or the other way and go towards like an old fashioned. So this is sort of a combination of that. Um, We're going to be doing an ounce and a half of the banana whiskey, uh, orange juice, pineapple juice, grenadine, which uh, if you're at home, you picture like sort of that bright red grenadine. Yes, that is technically called grenadine, but you can make it yourself by uh, getting pomegranate juice and just doing an equal part sugar to it. And that's going to have a much more 
natural fruity flavor. Um, and it's not as sweet either. So that's what I'm using is the tart pomegranate juice that I've made into a grenadine. Um, and then we're going to muddle up some, uh, some botanicals and some spices. So we've got some star anise, we have some cinnamon, and we're going to kind of make our own little um, tiki infusion with the grenadine and those spices. And this drink is in honor of what movie? Oh, thank you for throwing it back over. I appreciate that. So, Brad, we have covered the comedy. We have covered the intrigue slash classic film. And really the only category left for, you know, classic Valentine's Day movie is your tearjerker. And what better movie to exemplify the romantic tearjerker than The Notebook? This is a movie that I will unashamedly say I weep like a small child at this movie. Have you ever seen The Notebook, Brad? I'm curious how many small children you make weep, Bob. Is that, is that like a thing that <laughs> you just to, do? Listen, man, I have to do field research. All right. <laughs> you know, Bob, I have seen The Notebook once in my life. Listen, man, I have to say we are going to work it into the podcast one of these seasons, maybe for a Valentine's theme. I love that movie. I think it's such a beautiful film and it says so much about, you know, being with the person that you feel like you're supposed to be with and, and throwing everything else away to make that happen. And it's a movie about commitment. It's a movie about memory. I think it, it's just such a beautiful film. I could talk about it for hours and hours, but that's not what we're here to do today. We are here to make a cocktail for you to, you know, shed your tears into as you watch the end of this film. And so uh, what are we working with here? What are we calling this cocktail, Mel? We are calling this, uh, if you're a bird, I'm a yellow bird. <laughs> I, I bananas. love that. <laughs> exactly. I love that. <laughs> and there's a, there's a tiki cocktail called Yellow Bird, which uh, we're basically sort of riffing on that, but replacing the rum as the base with our whiskeys and the pineapple. Um, Great. As you can see, we have a lot of fun with the names when it's, when it, when you get a chance. So you've given us the ingredient list. Can we break down, you know, the ratios and the amounts here as we, as we make this one? Yeah, so I'm going to use um, whole cinnamon, and I'm actually going to like kind of break it in half and put that in the bottom of my tin first, and then I'm going to do one whole star anise, but if you have powder or ground at home, you could also do, um, you could use that, it's just not going to have quite the like bright flavor, um, and you would want to do a quarter teaspoon of each of those spices, so cinnamon and star anise, and the fun thing about this is that if you do want it to be a little bit more spicy, you could just add more, you know, you, you know what level of you know cinnamon or um savory quality you know how spicy it. your uh your significant yeah. other wants to get exactly, Ooh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um and it's getting spicy over here like the spices i can really smell them just from breaking them up and i'm gonna i'm gonna muddle them in the bottom of my tin so uh just to break them up a little bit and i'm gonna add the grenadine and we're doing a whole ounce uh, again because i'm using that fresh pomegranate versus like um something that's uh, a little little less art you know that's more artificial we're going to go with a fresh product and then we're going to do an ounce of pineapple juice and a half ounce of orange juice followed by a ounce and a half of the pineapple uh, sorry the banana this is a good cocktail though to showcase you could swap out the banana with the pineapple so mm -hmm. if uh, if that's more your more your jam then they're totally interchangeable so i'm just breaking that up a little bit and i'm going to add my half ounce of orange juice And I am not using fresh pineapple because the pineapple whiskey has such a great fresh flavor to it. I'm just using one of the one of the little cans. Um, and honestly, I want that extra sweetness that comes from that. Brad, as we put the finishing touches on this drink, why don't you offer your thoughts on the Whiskey Smith banana? 
I think what I enjoy most about this is that in my mind, of all the fruits, because in general, fruits are going to be a, a much sweeter palate. Of all the fruits, banana almost has a little bit of a savory flavor to it. And that really comes through on this whiskey. Hmm. It, it doesn't power through with sweetness until the very end. It hits you with a little bit of savoriness up front that balances everything out as you move through it. Yeah, the thing I love about, once again, is that I think that this sort of candy sweet elements and the fruity sweet, ele- the kind of fructose elements are really balanced super well here. This didn't overpower me with like, you know, a Laffy Taffy banana flavor. I thought that it really did capture quite a bit of like a fresh banana as well. I honestly think, Brad, if I had to rank these, not that I'd want to because I like them all, but this might be my favorite one of the three. I think I'm leaning towards the pineapple a little bit. That little bit of tartness up at the front is just so intriguing to me that I I think that might be my favorite. Well, I can say for a fact, Brad, if I can spoil things here, this is my favorite of our three cocktails today. So I am super excited to see Mel pour this one out because, you know, especially the color on this bad boy is it is perfectly Valentine's Day themed. Going to do a little shake shake for you guys. So going to get loud for one second. And it's really important to shake this drink and not stir it because the pineapple and the orange juice and the whiskey are going to get nice and foamy and frothy. And that's just going to add a nice uh, texture. It also wakes up the drink for you. So um, if we didn't shake this, it would be a little sweeter. There wouldn't be any water in there. And the citrus would kind of taste flat. And I'm going to pour this over fresh ice. But you could also just pour it right into the glass. Um, The thing about straining a cocktail like this is that we did use those whole spices so i don't want the chunks to be sort of floating around in there i'd rather just have the beautiful cocktail and then i'm going to garnish it with some fresh mint presentation is everything and when you're making this for your for your sweetheart you want to make sure that they're feasting with their eyes first and this is a great color it is a sort of like a nice mauve red ish yeah so, Mel, first of all, I cannot say thank you enough for for partnering with us, for coming up with three cocktail recipes specifically for film and whiskey listeners. This has been so much fun. Uh, but we do have a couple questions about the Whiskey Smith line. Uh, can you tell us, like, what's the distribution look like right now? If people wanted to go out and try one or all of these, where can they find them on the shelf? So banana is we've, we're really excited about that one to have it in just about every market. Um, so you might find that one first before you find the rest. Uh, but the pineapple and the chocolate, um, I would say, are probably in about 30, 30 markets right now. And we have some other fun flavors coming out for summertime as well. Uh, maybe a little watermelon, salted caramel. We've got some uh, ready-to-drink RTDs lineup coming with us as well. Uh, so it's, it's just it's a lot of fun. We, uh, you know, as you know, we're part of the old Elk Distillery house of brands uh, and this is our you know a little less serious a little more fun let's uh let's get everybody drinking whiskey and and join well and that's the beautiful thing about the world of whiskey right now as it stands is that we have so much innovation happening in the world whether it's it's turning into barrel picks for stores whether it's trying to hit the perfect bottled and bond barrel, whether it's jumping into the world of flavored whiskeys, we see so much innovation and so many beautiful things happening. And Whiskey Smith is right here on the cutting edge of it. Mel, I have to say these flavored whiskeys, they're not just sweet and overpowering. They are whiskey. And I love that about them. 
I'm so happy that you guys like these, love them, and that that's what you're picking up on because that's what we wanted our uh, our audience to taste. And we will, uh, as you said, I think it's a great idea to post these pictures. So we'll we'll definitely be putting them up on the Whiskey Smith um, Co. Instagram page on our social media and posting the recipes so that people can make them at home. And um, hopefully everybody could uh, could pick up on how easy they were to make, kind of household ingredients, and you can pick and choose. You can choose your uh, your delicious whiskey choice. Absolutely. Well, everybody, this has been Mel Maddox. She is the National Beverage Director for Whiskey Smith and for Old Elk. We cannot say thank you enough for joining us. I hope everybody out there has a fantastic Valentine's Day. Make these drinks. They are excellent, and you will not be disappointed. Thanks for having us, and uh, we hope to be mixing along with you again in the future. We'll be back next week with another bonus episode. But until then, I'm Bob Book. I'm Brad G. And we'll see you next time.